Okay, so uh, so before we start, first of all, Vic to Gadi Fuchs for sponsoring the learning on the breakfast this morning in honor of the scene that he made with his son yesterday. Okay, yeah, okay, good. By the way, Gadi is, is like a walking Musa safe, so we can learn a lot from him. But, uh, but this, he made a scene yesterday from his son that it took four years, not just not because they're just slow learners, but because they were hopping a minute here, a few minutes here, you know, this week uh, a seder, you know, uh, and so on, whenever they can. Over four weeks, and they can see him. I'm a sechus brachas, so mazatov, and we should continue nachas from all of them, and uh, and all together we should be able to be zeichet to make more siyumim and more simchas. Be as God said. Okay, so so we're going to go back to alima that we started with uh, at the beginning of the year. We took a little bit of a break for shayvim. It turned into a little bit longer of a break than I thought, but Baruch uh, Hashem to go back to Sefer Yeshua, back to Sefer Yeshua. So we were up to the beginning, right in the beginning of Perak Vav, of the sixth uh, chapter of Sefer Yeshua, and it's really, it's really uh, again, not only is it the beginning of a new Perak, but it's uh, really the beginning of, of a new story. So just to sort of bring us back into, into Sefer Yeshua a little bit. So what we saw so far in Sefer Yeshua, just a little bit of the, of the, of the necessary piece of information to go on to the sixth parak is that Moshe Rabbeinu passes away, as you know, the seventh day of Adar. Yeshua Benon is then given the leadership, he's given the reins of the Jewish people, and Yeshua Benon take, takes us, you know, with Hashem's command and so on, he takes us over the Yarden, we cro- cross over the Jordan River, and we're now encamped in front of the first city that we're about to conquer, the city of Yericho, the city of Yericho. And that's pretty much where we're holding right now in, uh, in Perak Vav, in the sixth chapter, that they're about to begin the conquest of the first city, of the city of Yericho. That's basically what we saw so far. So, now, on the side of the page that you have uh, the, the Navi, on, there's, one, there's one side of Navi, the other side is a few Marmachimas. So, this is not the entire chapter, chapter six, it's not the entire Perak Vav, but it's uh, most of it. So, I'm not going to go through every single Pasuk, but just, just a little bit. Now, what, what was unique to the city of Yericho, before we go inside to read a few psukim inside, what was unique to the city of Yericho is that, in a certain sense, it was the strongest, uh, most difficult city in all of Eretz Yisrael to conquer. It was the most opposing. First of all, Chazal already tell us that in the city of Yericho, you had, Eretz Yisrael at the time was not one, it was not one country. You know, it was, it was, it was 36 little kingdoms throughout all of Eretz Yisrael. You had seven, seven nations, Canaan, you know, uh, Prizi, you know, all the different, different nations of Canaan, but uh, there were like 36 city-states, sort of. But they all sort of joined together in the city of Yericho. Yericho was sort of that, uh, it was one city that united all the city-states of Eretz Yisrael. So in a certain sense, it was the most difficult to attack. You attack Yericho, you're attacking the entire country, and every single city-state had some soldiers placed in Yericho. There was embassies in Yericho, so it was, like a, it was a major city. Not only that, but also the fortifications of Yericho were very, very intense. Yericho was known at the time for its walls. The walls of Yericho, the, 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 it was uh, not just not just Mukav Chaima, not just surrounded by a, by a nice little wall, but the walls of Yericho were known to be extremely thick, so much so that if you remember, in, in earlier chapters of Yericho, there was a whole Misa of, of, um, of Yishu Benun sending spies into Yericho first, and the whole thing that took place with Rachav Hazaina. Rachav was one of the, she was a woman that took care of the spies when they went in to house them and so on, and her house was in the wall of Yericho. That's how thick 
the wall was that, it, that you could carve out a house inside of it. So we're talking about very, very thick fortifications. So we're going to see right now, is that the, I'll tell you outside what, what, what the story is, and then we'll see it inside together, if you psukim, is that the Rabbani Shalom wanted to make the following miracle. He, the Rabbani Shalom did not want the Jewish people to just to, you know, break through the wall and take care of the city and leave the wall intact. The Indian, the first Indian of conquest of Eretz Yisrael, really, and of Yericho particularly, was to destroy the walls. Not really destroy them, I should say. What happened was miraculous is that they sunk into the ground. Even in Eretz Yisrael today, I mean, it's a, it's a dangerous place to go, but you could find some remnant of the original walls of Yericho, thick, thick walls. And that miraculously happened that the walls just sank into the ground, turning Yericho basically from a walled city into an open city. That's pretty much what happened. And the Jewish people go in and take care of the rest. How was it, what was the procedure in order to have this miracle that the walls should sink in? So the Pasuk tells us that the Rabbani Shalom tells Yeshua Benun that what he should do is take the Aaron, right? Have Kahanim carry the Aaron. A few Kahanim carry, four Kahanim carry the Aaron with a few Kahanim in front, Kahanim in back. And seven Kahanim altogether should be proceeding with the Aaron, each one carrying a shoifer, okay? That's going to be the Kahanim. And then you'll have the soldiers of the Jewish people also with the Aaron. And they're all going to make a hakafa. You make a cuff around the city of Yericho for con seven days consecutively. Now, by the way, this wasn't just a random seven days. It was Sunday. The first day was a Sunday. So Sunday, the, the Aaron is carried by Kahanim, being escorted by the soldiers of the Jewish people, the Kahanim carrying shoifers. They go around the city, and, um, and they blow a tekiah. They blow a tekiah, fine. And they go back to the camp, and that's it. They go Monday, same procedure. Tuesday, same procedure, all the way till Shabbos. When it comes to Shabbos, then it's different. They make seven hakafas, seven hakafas, uh, with the shifers blowing tekiahs. And by the seventh hakafa, by the seventh uh, surrounding, you know, uh, going around the walls, the seventh time, then Yeshua Benon proclaims, he gives a signal to the Jewish people. Then while the kahanim are blowing a tekiah, the Jewish people start to blow a trua. Okay, so there's a trua happening while the tekiah is being blown. And then the walls will sink in, and the Jewish people are able to enter into the city. Now, besides that, Yeshuvanan also proclaims that what's going to happen is, is that, one, that everyone should just know going in, it's interesting, you have to know this going in, is that when you conquer the city, the city of Yericho is going to be dedicated as hektish. It's going to be dedicated as, as consecrated for the Rabbani Shloylam, and all the money and, 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 and loot and all that stuff, uh, property that's going to be in Yericho, it's not going to be settled by the Jewish people, as it, which is one of the cities that we live in. It's going to be dedicated to the Beis HaMikdash, to, to, the, to, the, to the Mishkan. All the money is going to be dedicated over there. And that's what's going to be with Yericho. Now, we're, that's foreshadowing a story that's going to come a little bit later of one particular Jew by the name of Achan that disobeyed that and, and stole some of the money and it caused problems. That's something that we'll see later on. Now, why is it that Yeshua Benun makes that proclamation that the city has to be dedicated to Hashem? So it's interesting. Chazal tell us that he saw this, see Hashem never told him to do that. That was his own, his own idea. But Chazal say that the reason why he, he was inspired to do that is because he realized that the time that the walls are, are, are sinking in the, and the city is able to be conquered is on Shabbos. It's on Shabbos, right? Because it was a seven-day process and it began on Sunday. It means the seventh day with the seven hakafis and the tki and the trua was on a Shabbos. So Yeshubanun said, if it's happening Bashkacha, such a thing on Shabbos, Shabbos is Shabbos Kaidesh. So the Meil Yerichai should be uh, also Yerichai HaKaidesh. It should be separated for the Rabbanishim just like Shabbos is. So just like Shabbos, we don't, we don't uh, take it for ourselves, we don't do Malach, we don't do work. So Yerichai also should be dedicated to Hashem. 
That's what's going on. Now let's see a little bit inside. That's, that's the basic story, what we're going to see, you know, what we're going to see inside. We're not going to get, like I said, we're not going to go through all the psukim, but just a few to get the basic, the basic idea. So again, Pasuk Aleph, in the beginning of Parag Vav. The Yerichai Segeres Umusugeres. The Yerichai was locked, mamish locked and inaccessible. B'Bnei B'Nei Yisrael, because of the Jewish people and others, besides the wall, the wall, but obviously the wall had entrances and exits, you know, otherwise it's not... Uh, functional, but those, those entrances and exits were mamish locked, there was, no, there was no entering at all, everything was on lockdown because of the Jewish people that were encamped outside the city, no one in, no one out. Hashem says to Yeshua, like, it's interesting, like right now it looks like impenetrable, and Hashem says, look, I've already given you Yericha, Look, I've already given into your hands the city of Yericho, Vesmalka, its king, Kibor Yechayel, all of its soldiers, all of its powerful warriors, it's all mamish in your hands already. So it's, uh, by the way, it's also like, you know, something to keep in mind, you know. It, it looks impenetrable. It looks like it's the opposite of, of Hatzlacha. The Ramosha says, it's already, it's, this, is, this is already just a joke. This is already just going through the motions. It's already yours. In Shemayim, Yericho is already yours. So what should you do to conquer the city? Vesabaisem Esahir, what you should do is surround the city, circle the city, all the, uh, all the soldiers that you have. You should circle the city one time, one hakafa. You should do that for six days. So you circle the city, one hakafa, for six days. And you should have seven kahanim escorting the aron, each one carrying a shoifer of a ram. And in other words, it's not clear from Hashem's commandment, but the inference is if they're carrying a shoifer, it means that they should, they should be using, they should blow it. So they blow it to Kiyah. On the seventh day, they should, they should do seven hakafas. And, and the kahanim should be blowing the shoifer as a Kiyah. And when the Kahanim by the seventh Hakafa are blowing the along the Tekiah Gedoyla, the Shamachem as Kola Shaifer, when you hear the sound of the of the Tekiah that the Kahanim are blowing, your real Kolam Trua Gedoyla, the people, the populace, the the soldiers should blow a Trua Gedoyla, a Trua Gedoyla, which by the way, there's uh, a lot of Sephardim have the Minig, even by uh, on Rosh Hashanah and so on, or by Yom Kippur, instead of Tekiah Gedoyla, it's Trua Gedoyla. So we're going to talk about that. Like what's the Indian of Tekiah Gedoyla and Trua Gedoyla, we'll see. Um, so by doing this, the walls of the city will just will collapse on itself. And everyone, all soldiers, will be able to go in with full access. Okay. Then the pasuk goes on where Yeshua then says over this command to the Jewish people with a little bit more detail. Uh, so if you take a look at let's go let's go to pasuk Tezvav. Okay. If you if you uh, later, so pasuk Tezvav is taking us to ready the seventh day. Hashvi was on the seventh day. They, they, they got up very early by in the morning. It's, it's interesting, by the way, because the Pesukim that described Hashem's command, we see it's clear that there was more, there was more details that for whatever reason the Navi is not, uh, not telling us. Like, for example, this Indian on the seventh day, they had to wake up early to do this. Hashem never said that. Either it was just Ruch HaKadosh that Yishu Benun felt, or maybe Hashem told them, and for whatever reason, it's not being recorded. But that's the, that's the story, that they wake up early, and they surrounded the city, the same process of the HaKafas, but now seven times. 
Only that day, the seventh day, they surrounded it seven times. And it was on the seventh time, or the Kahanim are blowing the, uh, the Shoifer as a Tekiah. And by the seventh time, so now Yeshua tells the people, make it because Hashem has given you the city. So now he says the, the piece of information that, that on his own, and you should know that the city is going to be consecrated and dedicated to Hashem, the city, everything that's in it, this is already referencing a previous story, that Rachav, the Zaina that uh, protected the spies that went into the city of Yerichel earlier, so wh- whoever's in her house, her family and so on, should be protected. Because she protected the, the spies that we sent. So as a Karsa type, she should be protected. And eventually she's Megaris with her family and marries Yeshua Benun, in fact. But you have to be careful, Yeshua Benun says to the soldiers, to, to be careful of this Cherem, in other words, to not take any of the money for yourself. Maybe you, you'll be destroyed by such a thing. If you take the money for yourself. And you might cause the whole camp to be in danger. So Yericha is off limits. And, what, and it's clear from Yeshua Benun's statement is that this inning of Yericha being sanctified and dedicated to Hashem is mamish a necessary component for the Hatzlacha of the conquest. And he says, like, because if someone takes the money, like, the, the things might not be so, so successful. And we'll see later on. Uh, there, there are hiccups along the way because someone does take the money. All the you know, precious metals and so on. They're all holy to Hashem. It should all go into the treasury of the Mishkan. So that's what that's Yishu Benun's speech. They hear the final shoifer. So fine, the Jewish people blow the trua while the tki is taking place. They blow it trua The wall sinks uh, on itself. And all the soldiers are able to go into the city. And they, and they conquer the city. That's the, uh, that's the basic story in Paragvav. Okay. So there's a few a few things to think about. Again, something to, to remind ourselves of that we that we've had in previous uh, chapters of, of Sefer Yeshua. This is not just history. It's no different than than a pasuk in Chomish. The Rebbeinu Shalom has revealed to us this historical event for the purposes of us learning something about our Avodas Hashem. So it's all about Avodas Hashem. So a few, with that in mind, so let's investigate a few. It's just a few ha'aris about this story. First of all, Bechlal, the Rebbeinu Shalom chose. The Rabbanu could have done many things to allow us to conquer the city of Yericho, right? The Rabbanu could have kept the walls intact, and uh, miraculously, we could walk through the walls, who knows? You know, any, anything could have happened. He could have given us uh, superpowers of uh, jumping over the walls, uh, who knows? The Rabbanu decided that the way we're going to conquer Yericho, which is the first city of Eretz Yisrael, is by turning it from a walled city into an open city. That's pretty much what it was. Get rid of the walls, and now it's an open city. Now this is an interesting thing, because Bechlal, when it comes to Eretz Yisrael, there seems to be a little bit of a stira, of a contradiction, whether walled cities are better or open cities are better. So for example, in Halacha, we find, let's say, there's in Halacha, obviously all of Eretz Yisrael is holy, but there are certain places in Eretz Yisrael that have a more intense level of Kedusha, that they're classified as cities that are called in Halacha, Machne Yisrael, the camp of the Jewish people. So for example, a Mitzayra, someone that has Tsaras, it's not in this expansion already, Sazria. So Mitzayra is not allowed to enter into an, a place in Eretz Yisrael that has, that's called Machne Yisrael. He can't go into the base, of, you know, the base of English for sure, and he can't even go into Machne Yisrael. What's called Machne Yisrael? A walled city. 
a walled city. So a walled city in Eretz Yisrael has more Kedusha than an open city. It's called Machne Yisrael. It's called an intenser level of Kedusha Yisrael. So much so that a Mitzvah can go to an open city, he can't go into a walled city. Well, that tells us that walled cities is more Kedusha. It's more Chash. Yushalayim is a walled city, right? Tivne Choymes Yushalayim. We dive the walls of Yushalayim should be rebuilt. Mitzat Sheni. There's a Pasuk in Navi. We're going to see about this. The Pasuk says that when Mashiach comes, Prozais Teishev Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim and all of Eretz Yisrael will be able to settle as open cities. In other words, on a simple level, walled city, well, a wall, it tells you that there's a threat, right? So you have a wall to protect you. But when Mashiach comes, there's not going to be any threats, so everyone could be settling in, in open cities and there's no, nothing to worry about. So, so which one is it? It, it, it? On the one hand, you're telling me that uh, Kedusha Eretz Yisrael is more intense in a walled city. Well, that tells you that walled cities are more chash. Yet the Navi is prophesizing that when Mashiach comes, you're not going to have any walls. Everything is just going to be open territory. So how do we make sense of that? <clears throat> okay, that's number one. Number two, this procedure of, of shoifers being blown, Tkiah and Shua, whatever, by Hakafis. Now let's, let's appreciate what time of the year this was taking place. When, when was this? So Moshe Rabbeinu passes away in Zion Adar, right? And they're waiting till after Hishloshim. This is where you saw a previous program. They waited till after Hishloshim in order to cross into Eretz Yisrael. And then they had to make Pesach. This is taking place the first day after Pesach. So right, right in the middle of Sphere Sunday, between Pesach and Shavuos. Now what's interesting is, is that the time that they're in, is a time period of Yom Tovim of the Pesach Shuas Yom Tovim. It's smack in the middle. It's uh, by Sfira Simer. It's the bridge between those two Yom Tovim. And yet, what the Jewish people are doing reminds us of Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot, right? <laughs> That's really what's going on. They're blowing shifers, which is certainly uh, Rosh Hashanah the Ke'inian, right? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, the, and these things. And at the same time, it's what? It's revolving around the walls, which is Chaymas, and Chay is the same letters as Chaysim, which is a seal. That's Yom Kippur. So it's revolving around the ches- something being, being, being sealed, which is a Yom Kippur the Ke'inian. And they're doing Hakafas, which is a Sukkot Sukkot thing. So what seems to be happening over here, and at the same time, by the way, and it's all coming to a head on Shabbos. So what seems, to, what the Tzadikim have told us, uh, it seems to be, is that in order to conquer Yericha, what the Jewish people had to evoke, there had to be a Hisairus of Kedusha Shabbos and Kedusha's Yontif. Not any particular Yontif, but just Kedusha's Yontif Bechlal, Pesach, Shavuos, Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, all the Yom Tovim together. They're, the time of the year that this was, obviously, is Bashkach Pratis. The Rabbanshim could have said, wait six months to do this uh, Rosh Hashanah time. The Rabbanshim wanted them to do this right in that Tkufa of Pesach and Shavuos. So the Tkufa that they're in physically is Pesach Shavuos season, this time of year. And what they're doing is evoking the power of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. And so all the Yom Tovim are being uh, brought over here to conquer Yerichai. And it's happening on the day of Shabbos. And Yeshua Benon recognizes that the significance of it being on Shabbos is not a, a side point. He sees that Kedusha Shabbos is a necessary ingredient over here, so much so that the city of Yericha should be a Shabbos a city. Everything is set aside for Hashem. So, so, so these two things need explanation. Number one, this Indian of Yericha being turned from a walled city into an open city. Number one. And number two, why is it that the conquer Yericha, there had to be an evoking, an awakening of Shabbos and Yantif? And that's how we're able to conquer the city of Yericha. So that's the his explanation. Also, Bechlal, the city of Tekiah Gedoyla, and at the same time, a true Gedoyla is being blasted. Like, Bechlal, I mean, I, I guess, to sum it all up, what, what's going on here? That, that's basically to sum it all up. Okay, so take a look at the Marmukam you have on the other side. 
Okay, so we're going to see a piece from Rabbi Nachman in Lakutu Maran. It's in Chelek Beis, Simon Ayin Tes. Okay? And then we're going to see a few pieces of Rabbi Tzaddik to sort of take this idea from Rabbi Nachman and explain it and bring it down a little bit more in a practical, uh, practical level. So this piece of Rabbi Nachman is very interesting because uh, most, most Tyrus in Lakutu Maran were written by Rabbi Nassim Breslover. Rav Nachman said the Torah, and Rav Nachman wrote it down. Sometimes you'll have a Torah that Rav Nachman himself wrote. But over here is unique, because this is, this is a Torah that Rav Nachman is writing, but Rav Nachman is writing it based on a ksavyad, based on a, you know, a, a, you know, a paper that he found in the writings of his Rebbe Rav Nachman, but it seemed to have been a very shorthand draft. It was not a whole Torah that Rav Nachman wrote, it was just like Rashi Prakim. It was just like, uh, like, like headings, just like a, a pasuk here, a sentence here. And Rav Nassim is trying to piece it together. Okay, so we're not going to go through the whole thing, but this is the, the crux of the point that Rav Nassim says he thinks Rav Nassim is trying to convey. Yeah. The idea is certainly a true idea, even if, even if there's more stuff going on in that Ksav Yad from Nachman, mm-hmm. the idea is certainly... So he says like this, Hashem the, when I thought about trying to figure out what I was talking about, so Hashem illuminated my eyes, and this is what I think. What Rabbi Nachman is trying to reveal to us in this, this Ksav Yad is, we'll just read the words, then I'll <laughs> try to explain. Rabbi Nachman said that, you know, the Rabbanu made the world in such a way, it's famous from the Vilna Gaim, Bereshis Barlakim, right? In the beginning Hashem created. The Vilna Gaim said, Bereshis means that the first thing Hashem created was Reishis, was time itself. So there's such a thing as man, there's such a thing as time, right? Well, we know the Rabbanu is Lamal Manazman, right? Hashem is, was, and will be. It's Lamal Manazman. You know, I, I spoke about this Friday night a little bit, that the nature of Avadis Hashem, there's a clown of Avadis Hashem, is that the more... Prat, you go, the more, the more uh, constricted you are in terms of going smaller and smaller and smaller, the more din, the more din you find, the more din you find, the more details a person gets stuck in, the more very often they become frustrated and, you know, in a bad mood. But when you uh, go on vacation and there's just like a nice, like, you know, large open space that you're visiting... There's a certain harachavas adas, the larger you step out, the, more, the less din there is, the less constriction, the less difficulty, the less, the less, uh, uh, the, the less, uh, less, less, less yetzahara there seems to be in that, in that open area, in that open headspace. So there's such a thing as man, and there's such a thing as lamalam and azman, right? So time is very, very constricted. Time is very constricted. Time means that if it's Sunday right now, it's not Monday. And if it's Sunday, it's not Shabbos. That's what time means. Time means you're stuck in this particular moment and there's no way out of it. On the other hand, you have Lamalam and Azman, above time and space. I don't know what that means, but I could just imagine that above time and space where Sunday is Lavdavka Sunday, everything is just, just one, that's a much broader experience. It's a much broader experience. Therefore, Rabbi Nachman is about to say that the area the domain in which the Yitzhahara exists, the domain in which evil exists, where difficulties exist, where enemy exists, it's within Zman. Because Zman means constricted, it means small, it means tiny, it means you're stuck in this particular place and you can't move in or out. It's details, this detail and that detail, this moment, this second, that second. And that's where, that's the breeding ground for Din, that's the breeding ground for the Yitzhahara. 
Whereas the area that's the, 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 you know, the dimension that's above time and space, that's above, that's big, the bigger you get, the less the eight Sahara exists. That's the idea. Again, Rav Tzadik is going to bring this all the way down Lamaisa, but let's just see the words of Rabbi Nachman again. Rabbi Nachman writes to Lagalis, Rabbi Nachman is trying to reveal to us, that tshuva, and this dimension, what's above time, that's uh, you know, nullifying any particular moment to this larger, you know, eternal beginning, middle, and end, it's one in. It's one in you. When a person does tshuva, Rabbi Nachman is telling us, tshuva is accessing l'mal manazman. Even though you're in a certain time period, and obviously you can't, you know, you're not, you're not literally time traveling in a physical sense, but on some level you are, because what is tshuva? Tshuva is, a per, something went wrong on, uh, on Monday, and Tuesday you're fixing Monday. How in the world can you fix Monday? Monday's gone. You're not in Monday. The answer is, yeah, in, in, the, in, the, in tachas azman, in the world of breishis, yeah, Monday is Monday, and that's not accessible anymore. And now you're stuck in the in the individual, you know, com- uh, compartment that's called Tuesday, and that's it. And you can't you can't get out of that little that little closet. You can't get out of that 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 little corner. But the concept of tshuva is, Rabbi Nishim revealed to us, is that although we were created after Breshis, but there's a part of us that's still connected to a Bozman. There's a part of us that's connected to above, past, present, and future, where everything is still one. And tshuva gives us access to that place. And when you, when you access that place, then yeah, you're in Tuesday, but you could be in Monday too. And you could do tshuva and fix and correct what happened, what went wrong on Monday, and then Monday's mom is taken care of. And as far as the Rabbanu is concerned, Monday's perfect, and nothing went wrong. That's also, by the way, the difference between our mindset you know, we, we, you know, everyone knows the Gemara. Everyone, everyone knows the Chazal say that about tshuva is much greater than a tzaddik. But people want to do shaduchim with tzaddikim, right? Not, not bali tshuva, right? Why? Because we're still stuck in zman. So as much as we believe that on Tuesday you could fix Monday, we're like, okay, it's a nice shmooz, it's a nice uh, bumper sticker, but lemaisa, Monday is still broken, right? That's all because we're stuck in tachas zman. But the truth is, Chazal telling us the truth. The truth is that no, there's, there's such a bechina, there's a place that's called the Malman Azman that we have access to. And in that place above time and space, Monday is right now. And Monday being right now is, is, is and, what happened, and what happened before is, is, is malleable. Past, present, and future is, complete, is not fixed at all. It's all, it's all one big entity of the Malman Azman. That's what Shuv is. Vaideza, and says Rabbi Nachman, not only does accessing that place of Lamam and Azman give you the ability to fix the past, but the more you could access that mindset of Lamam and Azman, the more strength you'll have in, in tackling the present in a, in a healthier way. Because again, the, more, the higher you go, the more klal, the bigger you become, and the less stuck in specifics, right? Then the, more, then the less Yetzirah exists in those domains, and the stronger you are. So if you want, in other words, the guy, you know, being tachas asman, being in, in the world of, of time, of past, present, and future, and you're sort of stuck in that place, that's the petri dish of Yitzhara. That's the petri dish of, of, of evil. evil. Evil thrives in smallness. It's, it thrives in smallness. So if you want to be able to overcome Yitzhara, you want to overcome evil, the biggest strategy is to become bigger, is to get out of smallness. Because in smallness, you're in his territory. But if you could get to a big space, then what? Then Adaraba, in a big space, Yetzara, it doesn't have the oxygen. doesn't have oxygen in that place. It's slowly dying when you move the conflict 
to a bigger space. In a bigger space, the Yitzhara can't thrive. So not only does connecting to Lamal and Azman help you to fix a past mistake, it gives you the strength to overcome the Yitzhara right now. Because that place, the Yitzhara doesn't really exist as much. Yeah. Well, a vacation is not necessarily a great example. We're gonna we're gonna see more. Rutzelik is gonna give us uh, better examples than a vacation. But I, I was giving that as an example of of certain because the Yitzhar is, is is obviously religious, but uh, but stress is also din, and that could very often be uh, be uh, you know uh, softened when a person has that harchava. But you're right; it's not a it's not a re- that's not a religious example. We're gonna give religious examples soon. Okay, so let, let's, see, let's see where he goes. This is, again, this is all just a concept yet. Okay, so what does that mean, getting Lamal Menazman? Uh, very nice in concept. Where is, where is the address of such a place that I could go to where the Yitzhara is going to try to follow me, but he won't be able to so much? Where, where, what does that mean, to get to Lamal Menazman? But let's just work through Rabbi Nachman, and then Ratzadik is going to tell us, but we'll see. So again, um, again, second line, Vaideza, by connecting to that place that's called Lamal Menazman, Zaychel Shemay HaKol Dikdusha, then you could finally listen and hear the sound of Kedusha, and, and subdue the sound of the Yetzirah. So in other words, even right now, there's like voices in our heads, right? There's the sound of the Yetzirah and the sound of the Yetzirah, and they're both making a lot of noise. So how do I, how do I put myself in a position where the sound of the Yetzirah is stronger, but the sound of the Yetzirah is, is, is more faint? It's more from a distance. The answer is, go to Lamal Manazman. Because when you go to Lamal Manazman, the Yitzhah can go there, but the Yitzhah can't. So the Yitzhah is going to be screaming from Tachas Azman, right? And he's going to be screaming to you, but already it's like, I can't, I can't really make out what he's saying. So you get to that higher place where the Yitzhah doesn't exist, and then you'll be able to hear more clearly the sound of the Yitzhah and you won't be able to hear as much the sound of the Yitzhah. Okay, so he says like this, V'chein mevur b'sefer midas, and says, Rav Nassan, this is something that Rav Nachman also told us in another sefer called Sefer Midas, this is El over there it's recorded, Yoim she'adam oisat tshuva, the day that a person does tshuva, hu l'mal mazman. He's above time. Umala kol hayom l'mal mazman. And you're taking all the ta- things that you're doing tshuva about, you're taking all those time periods and also bringing them l'mal mazman so you can fix them. V'kol hatzores v'hadinim, v'achiz is a sitra achra, and again, the domain, the place, the, the, the place that, that, uh, that the petri dish within which tsaris and dinim and the sitrachra is able to thrive, the place that it's able to breathe, it's in the place azman. But if you could connect to lamal and azman, not only is that from a place that you could fix past, past mistakes, but over there the Yitzhar can't exist. And then what he, then he's calling to you, you know, from a distance already, and his voice is not as strong. Shazel, and that's the meaning of the Pasuk. It's an amazing thing. The Pasuk says, uh, it's a harsh Pasuk, but Tzalach Matzucha, Hashem says that when it's going to be, it's going to be, the end of days, it's going to be difficult and constricted. Right before Mashiach comes, it's going to be difficult. So he says, Davka, what does it mean, Ba'achra Sayyam? We call Mashiach like the end of days. What is the end of days? The end of days, like, it means very, very Tachas Azman. Achris Yom Bechlal, days means zman, it means time, past, present, and future, right? Achras Yom means when there's a very heavy dosage of zman, of smallness, of smallness, that's Betzar Lecha that itself allows Tzaris to breed. Shezel Bechin Azman, 
Vaz, but then when you when you get into that place, Vishaft Arashonika, you gotta do chuva, you gotta get out of Zman. Then Ishniska Loshov, you have to do chuva, Vaidez and Nisko Vatal Zman, then you're able to get out of Zman, Vazispatl, Kalatsaras, Vadinam, Bakalakhizrachra, and then all the dinam are nullified, Viniskal Shmaya Kaldikdusha, and they're able to hear the sound of Hashem, but Bikinis Vashaft Arashama Lakha, Vishamata Bikaili. You do chuva, then the voice that you're gonna hear is the voice of Hashem, the voice of the Eitzatai, not the voice of the Eitzar, because it's coming from a far off place. Now, again, before we explain what this means, Lamaisa, let's plug it in to the story of Yerichai. Let's appreciate. This is, again, as I said, the first city that the Jewish people are conquering. The conquest of, when the Jewish people are fighting a physical war, it always means, it's always reflective of the Jewish soul fighting a spiritual war. And so every, the, the, the nations of Canaan that are settled in Eretz Yisrael represent all the sounds of the Yitzhar, all the all the temptations, all the difficulty of the Yitzhar. And what did Rabbi Nachman tell us? In order to put yourself in a position of strength to fight the Yitzhar and to allow the voice of Kedusha to be more strong, to have that stronger sound and overwhelm the sound of the Yitzhar, you have to put yourself in a place that's Lama Amin That's exactly what the Jewish people were doing over here. Why? The, what's the Indian of Shabbos and Yantif? So we're going to see this from Rav Tzaddik in Marmokka number two, but just I'll tell you outside quickly and then we'll see it together. The Indian of Shabbos and Yantif means to connect us to, to, to an old, old past. What's the old past? Of Adam Rishon in Gan Eden. Adam Rishon was put in Gan Eden, we know, on a Friday, right? And Adam Rishon in Gan Eden was told by Hashem on Friday, that you have to get to work, you have to do, you have to work, you have to work. But what was the work of Adam in Gan Eden? It wasn't actually going to work. The work of Adam in Gan Eden, Chazal say, was to keep mitzvahs. La'avda meant to keep the 248 uh, positive mitzvahs, and Lashamra meant to, to keep the 365 negative mitzvahs. That was the avoida, that was the work of Adam in Gan Eden on that Friday. And then it would come Shabbos, Mamish Benucha. Ratzadik writes in Maramukha number two in Machshavah Scharitz, page 149, that every Shabbos, in this world that we have right now, and every yontif that we have, is the Rabbanu Shalom giving us a little bit of a time machine and a throwback to that old kufa, that old history of being in Gan Eden. This is why on Shabbos, there's no work at all. What's the name of Shabbos? Shabbos is a reminder. It's not, it's not just reminding us that Hashem created the world. It's literally taking the Jewish people and each person and taking you out of the zman that you're in and giving you the ability to access an old kufa, an old past which is Gan Eden. Every Yontif, says Ratzadik, is also like that. Yontif is reflective of what? Of, 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 of Adam Rishon's Avoid in Gan Eden, which is that there is also work on Yontif. What's the work on Yontif? Mitzvahs, mitzvahs. So, so for example, Shabbos doesn't have any mitzvahs much, right? There's no, there's no practical, there's no uh, physical mitzvahs that we do on Shabbos. The mitzvah of Shabbos is the rest. That's reflective of what Shabbos would have been in Gan Eden, what Shabbos was in Gan Eden. And then we have Yom Taivim. All the Yom Taivim is also days of work. But what type of work? Not the work, not the type of work that we associate of this world, of this time right now. It's the work that the Rabbanu Shalom wanted other Mishan to be involved in, in Gan Eden, which is the work of mitzvahs. So Pesach, we work. We work by eating matzah and mar and dal kaisis and talking about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And Sukkot, we also work by sitting in a Sukkot and shaking Luvin Esser. And Rosh Hashanah, we work by blowing Shoifer. It's also work. But it's not the work of, of, of going to work uh, like we think of it right now. It's the work that the Rabbanu Shem planned on giving Adam if he did not sin in Gan Eden. So in other words, what's happening 
by Shabbos and Yantif is that the Jewish people are being given access to that place that's Lamal Menazman. Where right now, you're stuck in a world that's post Ganeidim. And in the world of Tachas Azman, of time, it's, it's, it's Sunday, it's not, uh, it's not Monday, it's Tuesday, it's not, uh, it's not Monday, it's Thursday, it's not Wednesday, whatever it is, you're stuck in where you are. But the ability of the Jewish people to sort of recapture the experience of Ganeidan on Shabbos or on Yontif, where work itself is redefined as just doing mitzvahs. Whereas after this, right, because again, understand that in Ganeidan, the Rabbanu Shalom also had other mission do work. There was also the idea of working, but what was the work then? Like I said, just doing mitzvahs. Once you get kicked out of Ganeidan, now work is redefined as uh, what we call work, making parnasa. But Shabbos and Yantiv, the Rabbanu Shalom is a throwback. It takes us back to that original tekufa of what work meant. In other words, we're mamish back in Ganeidan on Shabbos and Yantiv. And so how do we do that? Like, what's the mechanism? The answer is because what's happening in Shabbos and Yantif, we're taken to that place of Lamal and Azman. And at that point of Lamal and Azman, then you're not stuck in the moment that you're in right now. You could easily go back in time to Gan Eden. And the same, at the same time, what's happening with Yerichai is that Yerichai is also being converted in what? Into an open city, which is reflective of a distant future. As I said, Praza is Teshav Yushalayim, that when Mashiach comes, all of Eretz Yisrael is going to be established as open cities, as, walls, as, as, as uh, open cities that you're able to live in without any walls. So what's happening by the conquest of Yerichai are two extreme things. On the one hand, the Jewish people are reconnecting to an old past of Gan Eden, and also connecting to a way distant future of Mashiach where everything is open cities. How do you do that? The only way to do that, to, to connect an, an old past with a distant future, is by connecting to a place that's Lamal and Hazman. And that itself was the necessary component to allow us to conquer Yerichai. Because again, to conquer Yerichai means to be able to silence the voice of the Yetzirah, to overwhelm the voice of the Yetzirah with the voice of the Yetzirah, to give us the strength and the confidence and the, 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 the positioning to overcome our spiritual enemies in a, in a, in a forceful way. And the, and the position that a person should have to allow yourself to conquer your spiritual enemies in a powerful way is from a place of Lamal Manazman. And so that's what's being accessed over here with Yerichai. And therefore everything is being set up in such a way to give the Jewish people a sense of what? Of past and future at the same time. Where right now, they're holding by, uh, right now they're holding already by in the middle of, uh, of, of world history. It's way after Gan Eden, and it's way before Mashiach. But yet at this moment, those, that old past of, 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 of Gan Eden, which is Shabbos and Yontif, and the distant future of every part of Eretz Yisrael being open cities, are being brought together and allowing the Jewish people to be from that place of Lamal Manazman to conquer Yerichai and to conquer the enemies. Nachla B'li expansiveness, an openness, uh, infinite, beginning, middle, and end, 100%. Okay, so that, that's the idea. That's the idea. What does this mean, Lamaisa? So it's a nice, you know, metaphysical idea. You get to Lamal Mahazman, and from that place of strength, we're past, which is Shabbos and Yantif taking you to, to Gan Eden, and distant future of open cities of Eretz Yisrael with Mashiach Tzitkenu. They come together, and now you could conquer Rechai. By the way, that's also the meaning, just to, before we get to Lamaisa, what this means. That's also the connection of the Tekiah Gedayla and the Tshua Gedayla. Tekiah Gedayla always means Lamal Menazman. 
There is no, there is no, it, it, it's just one stream of sound. It's not broken into a million pieces. It's that perspective of klal, of big, of past, present, future, of one. And so every single hakafa the Kahanam are making, especially on the seventh day, seven hakafas, they're, they're, they're trying to manifest, they're trying to bring to reality that, that, that dimension of Lamal Menazman. And in that context, in that context, the Jewish people on the seventh hakafa, the seventh day, blow a Trugadayla. Trugadayla means Zman. It means, it means broken up. And what the Jewish people are doing is trying to unite these two worlds, of allowing the Trugadayla, the, the that dimension of above time and space, to make it lamaisa, to unite it with our, with our practical experience. And a person should be able, and through the Jewish people blowing a trugadayla, at the same time a tkiyagadayla is happening, what the Jewish people are, are, are doing is bringing that energy of lomal mahazman all the way to tachas hazman to a ta- in, in a tangible sense in our world. And that's what allows the walls of Yericha to, to collapse and are able to conquer the city in a straightforward way. By evoking the power of lomal mahazman and, and channeling it, lamaisa, in a practical sense of tachas hazman. That's the tkiyagadayla and the trugadayla. What does this mean, halacha lamaisa? What's the avoid of this? Okay, so take a look. You know, we'll, we'll end with it. Take a look at Maramukha number four. Okay? This is from also a piece from Rav Tzadik in, in uh, Doivert Tzadik, page 84. Uh, Rav Tzadik says like this. He's talking about, he's talking about, you know, Chazal say, Ezu Gibor, HaKavish is Yitzhar, right? That a uh, Gibor is someone that's able to conquer the Yitzhar. So he says an amazing thing. HaGavur de Kvish HaYitzhar. The real strength that a person needs to conquer the Yitzhar, to conquer Yericha, you know, is what? Tzarech mikaidem betach b'ashem. It has to come from a place of absolute confidence in the Rabbani Shlalem that you will win. That you will win. In other words, it's, it, 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 you know, it, it's, it's like in sports, you know? You can have a team... It's March Madness. It's March, right? It's March Madness. You could have a team, just saying, if you could have a team that they have no shot, like all the analysts, all the chachamim will tell you they have no shot at all. And maybe they don't have a shot and they probably won't win. But if you ask the players, not only will they tell you we have a shot, they say, of course we're going to win. We're going to win. And they're right. They're right that that's the mindset they have to have in order to have even the possibility of winning. Rav Tzadik says, I mean, Lahavdil, just as a marshal. Rav Tzadik says it's the same thing with Avadis Hashem. A person in order to have the Gevura, in order to have the Gevura to be able to conquer the Yitzhara, you have to connect yourself to, to a reality that what? That you, see a, that you see an old past that was before this enemy and you see a distant future that's after this enemy. You have to have that confidence, that bitachin, that what? That I, that I will win this. this. This enemy ultimately will come and go, and I'm going to be the last man standing. On a historical sense, that's definitely true with the Jewish people, right? The Romans, the Babylonians, and we're the, you know, we're, we're the ones that remain. That's true for Kla Yisrael, and it's true for every individual Jew as well. Any Yetzar, any issue, any threat, any enemy that we find, we're stronger than it. We came before it, and we'll be here after it. And that pl- that's what it means to connect to Lamal Mahazmah. Instead of it being this mystical, esoteric idea of somehow being in Gan Eden, on the one hand, and also being in Mashiach side at the same time, and somehow being in that 
place of above time and space, now you could conquer Yericha, you could conquer your enemies on a, on, a, on, a, on a human level. What it means is, is that in order to conquer, to engage the enemy properly, you have to remind yourself that you came before this enemy and you'll be here after this enemy. And now it's just a matter of working it out. I'm trying, you know, just getting there, working out the details, you know what I mean? But, but I am bigger than this, I'm stronger than this, and I know that I will win. This is where it says, the gevur that's necessary to conquer the Yitzhah, you have to have a bitachen in the Rabbanu Shalom. You have to have confidence in the Rabbanu Shalom. What does that mean? Kitam. He says, look, we find this in, in, in Naser Sadibras. First Hashem said, I am Hashem, your God. Not even a command, it's just a reality. I am Hashem, your God, meaning I'm before all of this balagan in the world and I come and I'm after all this balagan in the world. You connect yourself to that truth and then we can begin to talk about details. Don't have this God, don't do this wrong. Then already you could, have, you could engage with the enemy, but you have to, go, to allow yourself to engage with the enemy properly. You have to put yourself in a position of absolute confidence that I'm bigger than this. I come before this and I come after this. And now from that larger perspective of, my, of, of who I am and where I'm coming from, where I'm headed, so now I'm involved in this, in this small thing. But if, but if you lose sight of where you come from and you lose sight of where you're headed, then what? And then, then you see yourself as, then the Yetzirah is mamish even to you. That's a big threat. You might not win. But you have to make yourself bigger than the enemy. And it's not just a, a, a trick. That's the truth. The truth is, we taka come before. Nishmas Yisrael comes before this world, and Nishmas Yisrael will remain after this world. And right now, we're stuck in this little place. So you connect to the Tekiah Gedoyla, you connect to that everlasting, long Tekiah of past, present, future, much bigger, and in that wall that Tekiah Gedoyle is sounding, then you could blow your trua and engage in the enemy. But you engage in the enemy when, when part of your mind is thinking, I'm bigger than this anyway. It's just a matter of time until I win. And even if you lose the battle, you'll win the war. When you connect to the ultimate past that you come before this place, you come from Gan Eden. And the ultimate future of what, which is Shabbos and Yontif, right? And the ultimate future of what? Of open cities throughout Eretz Yisrael, which is when Mashiach will come, you're reminding yourself that I come before the enemy ever came and I will exist after the enemy will be destroyed. Okay, so now I'm just dealing with him right now. It's a temporary zach. While the Tekiah Gedal is blasting, then in that context, I could blow a trua. So he says like this, but if a person doesn't have the confidence and the strength and the security that comes from from what? From the Tekiah Gedal, from Shabbos and Yantif taking you to Gan Eden and open cities taking you to Mashiach, then what? <laughs> then you're not going to be able to be successful in all the mitzvahs of not having another God and, 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 and you know, all the Melchames HaYetzer that we have. When it's not open, it's not clear to you, that you're connected to a truth that comes before this and comes after this. And, and therefore, this con to conquer the enemy is impossible. It's only possible by someone that's absolutely firm in their bitachin, in their Rabbanu Shalom. What's the bitachin? That first of all, the Rabbanu Shalom can help us. That's Aleph. And there's nothing really to be worried about. There's nothing really to be worried about because this enemy, worst case scenario, it's like Yaakov Avinu will be limping. But the sun will rise and you'll be healed. Ultimately, you'll win. And that confidence of knowing that you ultimately will win because you come before this anyway. So, okay, so fine. And th that's how you engage the enemy with confidence. Just like that, uh, you know, unknown college team that, doesn't have, it should not even be in the tournament, 
But they are, and they think they are, and they think that they, that they will win. Over there, it's Takadimim. Over there, it's Takadimim, because they might not be uh, Roy for such a thing. But by us, as much as, the, as big as the enemy might seem, it, it, the truth is, it's, it's mamish nothing. There's nothing really to worry about. And there's nothing, there's no situation in life where we should not hope for Hashem's help. Where we shouldn't be confident that Hashem will help us. Someone, Nataka, has such a confidence. That's a person that can have inner calm and inner peace. And that, that's where it comes from. And then you could conquer Yericha. So again, to sum it all up, and just to sum it all up, that, that's what's going on. So the Jewish people are entering Yerichai, and the way to enter Yerichai to engage in the first enemy, the first enemy of Eretz Yisrael, which is reflective of a spiritual enemy from within, is you first have to remind yourself of that you come before the enemy, that you have a distant past that you're still connected to, and that's Ganeidan, and that's what Shabbos and Yontif is, right? Shabbos and Yontif are times where the Rabbanu Shalom reminds us that that old history of being in Ganeidan, where there is no work, and there is no problems, there is nothing to fix, everything is mamash gavaldik, and the biggest work that you have to do is just do mitzvahs. That's not a distant past, that's, that you can connect to that past right now, that Shabbos and Yontif, and at the same time, we're, we're going with the hope and the, and the dream that through Shabbos and Yontif and so on, the Yericha will turn into an open city, which is reminding us of what's going to be with Mashiach. So now all of a sudden the Jewish people are in the mindset they're Shabbos in Yontif mode, they're connecting, they're reminding themselves that we come before you, we come before the enemy, but still we have, we, we have history in Gan Eden, and the walls are collapsed, we're reminding ourselves what's going to be in the future of Mashiach, we're now in the mindset of Lamal Mahazman, from that place of absolute bitachin in, in our eternity, then you could engage the enemy. And then all of a sudden, the sound of Hashem's voice is much more clear, much stronger than the sound of the Yetzirah, because the Yetzirah is now tiny. He, he exists in that small little space that's mamish tiny compared to where you come from. And that's what's going with Yericha, yeah. What's the significance in having the Yericha on the wall? So the, the, open, the open, cities of, open cities is reflective of what's going to be with Mashiach. See, let me go back to explain. The, nowadays, when there's still an enemy, that's when you need walls to protect you. But when Mashiach comes, you're not going to have any enemies. You could be confident and secure. Having Yerichai turned into an open city is reminding, it's connecting the Jewish people to that distant future of, of Mashiach. So these are the two things that are happening. We're, Shabbos and Yontif is, is reminding us of our distant past. And the open, open city of Yerichai being turned into an open city is reminding us of the distant future. That's past, future being brought together. That's the Mal Mazman. That gives a Jew confidence. And you could uh, conquer Yerichai. Okay, yeah. Thank <laughs> you.